Pastor Lau and Pastor Dala Hapasit would like to welcome you to the following message from New Hope International Church in Seattle, Washington. Here is Pastor Lau's anointed teaching that will change your life with love, hope, and peace in Jesus Christ. And now, Pastor Lau. Joy belongs to the kingdom of God. Amen. Peace belongs to the kingdom of God. Righteousness belongs to the kingdom of God. Amen. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. You think when you go to heaven, you're going to cry and so sad? No. What do you do in heaven? Worship, praise, and laugh and have fun. We're going to have a good time with the Father in heaven. Amen. If you don't get used to joy in the church, when you get up to heaven, you're going to be shocked. What's going on here? Why people have so much joy? You're going to be shocked. Because so much joy in heaven. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> you know, the Bible says in the book of Isaiah, you open the well with joy. The Bible says, with joy, you open the well of salvation. Our life is like a well. It's a container. And salvation, healing, deliverance, victory, salvation include everything, not just going to heaven. Everything is inside here by the Spirit. When we laugh, when we have joy, what's going on there? <laughs> Somebody is still laughing. When we open the well of salvation, the Holy Spirit move out and come all over our body. Amen? But when you feel down, you feel dry, you feel like, where is God? God is so far away from me. I want to give you the clue how to do it. Just sit at home. Ha, ha, ha. Ho, ho, ho. Ha, 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 ha. 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 Ha, 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 ha
Hear what the Spirit of God says. <laughs> Some people have ear, but they don't hear. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Ah, <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Oh, I feel the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Can I preach today? <laughs> thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Sometime I was driving on the freeway and I was laughing on the freeway. I says, <laughs> sometimes people cut in front of me and they put the finger up. I'm serious. People cut in front of me. I don't know. They get mad at me for some reason. I just drive. People cut in front of me, put the finger up. I said, <laughs> the devil cannot do anything. The devil tried to make you mad. The devil tried to make you upset. But you say, <laughs> You know why? When you get upset, you're mad. Your blood pressure go up. And you die younger. Your life is shorter. But when you're happy, you live longer. That's the trick of the enemy, to make you mad, to make you sad, to make you upset all the time. Amen? <laughs> I'm teaching medicine right now, medical knowledge. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> have you learned about uh, fruitfulness in this camp? How many people have been blessed? If you are not blessed, that's okay, I'm blessed. I bless myself. Every time I preach the word, I bless myself. Because the word speaking to me. Amen. And faith comes by hearing and hearing of the word of God. So when I speak, I hear it myself. So I bless my own heart. I love the word of God. Amen. The word of God is something that God put into your life precept on precept. Little by little. He put on like a layers of revelation. And certain issue, when you listen the first time, you get this much. And you listen again, you get more. You listen again, you get more. Deeper and deeper and deeper. God wants to give you deeper revelation of the truth of God. You should be people who are hungry, who want to learn. The more you know the word, the more you can be effective in this world. Amen. The Bible says, my people are destroyed due to the lack of knowledge. When you don't know the Bible, you are missing a lot on earth here. You need to know the Word of God. And in this camp, we learn about fruitfulness. In John chapter 15, verses 1 to 2. I am the true wine, and my Father is the wine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, He takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. The Bible says Jesus is the vine, the trunk. And we are branches. And he said that we must produce fruit. We must bear fruit. And it's very serious in the eyes of God if Christians don't bear fruit. Because God said, I will cut those branches out. This is serious. How many people want God to cut you out? I don't want God to cut me out. I want God to keep me. <laughs> I want God to keep me. So I want to bear fruit. So bearing fruit or fruitfulness should be in our mind all the time. Wake up in the morning. Do I bear fruit today? How much fruit have I produced yesterday? Two days ago. Last year. And how much fruit I can produce today? We need to think about bearing fruit. And branches cannot produce fruit without connecting to the vine. In verses 3 to 8, the Bible says, You are already clean because of the woe which I have spoken to you. So in other words, Jesus said, I have invested into your life. I have watered you, fertilized you. I have done a lot of things for you. I make you clean. I bless you. Therefore, he expects you to bear fruit. Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. 
He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. Initially he said fruit. Now he add much fruit. So God wants us to increase, keep increasing. Little fruit, more fruit, more fruit, much fruit. As year go by, God wants us to produce more and more fruit, faster, more effective. For without me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered. And they gather them, throw them into the fire, and they are burned. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. By this, my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, so that you will be my disciple. Let me ask this question: Does the Lord expect us to bear fruit? Should we plan to have more fruit? You think the Lord want to give you instruction and teaching? And revelation, so that you can bear more fruit. You think God want to build you up, make you stronger, make you more effective, so that you can bear more fruit? Yes, God want to teach us. God want to build us up, but we need to have a desire to bear fruit, because we have the freedom of choice. If we don't decide to do it, it's not going to happen. We are called laboring with God. We have a desire, and God will do His part, and together we're gonna bear fruit. Amen. And God said that He's gonna come and prune. In verse 16, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit, and that your fruit should remain. Everyone say remain. remain. That whatever you ask the Father in my name, He may give you. The Bible said that He chose you. He appointed you. He ordained you in this generation. For what? So that you can go and bear fruit. He doesn't want to keep you on earth here just to live day by day and just go to work and come home and do nothing with what God has given to you. We need to bear fruit. Amen. And the fruit that will remain. Amen. Let me ask you again: Why did God call you to go and bear fruit? Turn to each other and say, "God called you to bear fruit." Amen. First Corinthians chapter three, verses six to eight. First Corinthians chapter three, verses six to eight. I planted, Apollos watered. Now he talk about vineyard. He talk about garden. I planted, Apollo watered, but God gave the increase. What is what does it mean? Increase, bear fruit. God wants us to increase, produce, produce production, bear more fruit. So then, neither he who plants is anything, nor he waters, but God who gives the increase. You make a decision to bear fruit, and God will help you to bear fruit. Amen. God gonna give you the increase. You're gonna see more result, more outcome, more fruit, more productivity. Verses nine to eleven in First Corinthians chapter three. I'm reviewing right now from yesterday. For we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field. You are God's building. According to the grace of God, which was given to me as a wise master builder. I have laid the foundation, and another builds on it. But let each one, each one, turn to each other and say, "You are the each one. You are the each one. Every believer, take heed how he builds on it. We need to build. We need to make productivity. We need to make a big difference on earth here. We're gonna bear fruit on earth here." And that foundation is Jesus Christ. We build on Jesus Christ. God expects us to bear fruit. Amen. The Lord did not call us just to live on earth, to take the oxygen on the, in the air, eat bread, go to work, come home, sleep. Next day morning, go to work, come home and sleep. That is not God's will. God wants us to bear fruit. For the kingdom of God, Amen. 
And not only that, the Bible says God wants us to co-labor with Him. We work with Him. We're not doing this by ourselves. Many Christians are good Christians, and when they see opportunity, they take off. When they see need, they take off. We are not doing things because we see opportunities and we see needs. We are doing things with in what God called us to do, because we need to co-labor with God. Amen. We don't run around doing everything. We cannot do everything on the earth here. We cannot do everything. We have only 24 hours a day. We have only two hands and two feet. What we need to do is to find out exactly what God called us to do, and co-labor with Him and do what God called us to do. Not run off becoming your own boss and do your own thing in the name of the Lord. A lot of people, a lot of Christians run around doing things on their own agenda under the name of God. But God from heaven say, what are you doing? I'm not calling you to do that. What are you doing there? You are not co-laboring with me. I'm not in it. You just use my name, but I'm not in it. This is the key. You need to find out exactly what God called you to do. And you run with that calling and that vision and co-labor with the Lord. Amen? Don't be moved by opportunities. Don't be moved by needs. Believe me, a lot of people have needs. If you move by need all the time, you will run around like a chicken with the head cut off everywhere. Just run around everywhere to meet people's needs. You need to go by what God tells you to do. Exactly what God called you to do. Amen? If you come to me and say, Oh, why don't you have a healing school? I would say, No, I'm not going to have a healing school because God never called me to have a healing school. I need to do exactly what God called me to do. I'm not going to copy another pastor in town. I'm not going to copy another big minister in another city because his calling and my calling are different. Is that right? We are different people. We are different calling. So all of us should not copy one another. We all know. We should know what God called us to do exactly and run with God in that calling. Amen? We need to work with Him closely and do exactly what He tells us to do. Don't cut it off. Don't add on. Do exactly. I know exactly what God called me to do. I know exactly. And I'm happy. I'm doing what God called me to do. I'm not going to run out of that calling and do something else. I'm going to keep running in the area that God called me to do. And the same thing, I noticed Pastor Kenny, he's called to lead worship and to build the worship team. I can see the grace of God upon his life, that he can train so many people. That is his exact calling. And he just keep running to do that calling. Amen. God doesn't call him to go out to do something else. That is his calling. And I believe God called you to do different things. Amen. We are God's field. We are God's building. And let's build it on the right foundation. And let's build it in the right way with the right materials. Exactly according to the blueprint that God gives to us. Amen. Verses 12 to 16, the Bible says, For if anyone builds on this foundation, foundation, who is the foundation? Jesus. With gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay and straw. Each one's work will become clear. So right now, you can pretend. Right now, you can hide. Right now, you can put something on and fool people around that you are okay, you're doing the right thing. But the Bible says, each one's work will become clear. When? On that day, for that day. We'll declare it. Because it will be revealed or will be tested by fire. And the fire will test each one's work of what sort it is. If anyone works which is he has built on, it, it endures. He will receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned, he will suffer loss. But he himself will be saved. Yet so as through fire. Do you know that you are the temple of God? And the Spirit of God dwells in you. The Bible says that we need to be careful how we build and how we work for God on earth here. We have to be careful. Because one day, we all will stand before the judgment seat of Christ. 
and our work will go through the fire. Will go through the fire. Everyone, this is in the scripture, not my own idea. And some of us, the fire burn into smoke, because what you did on earth before you died was made by hay, made by straw, by wood, not by gold and silver. How do you do that? You make those things by serving your own pride, serving your own fleshly desire, doing things out of your flesh, out of your own agenda. If you do that, eventually you will suffer loss. What do you mean suffer loss? First of all, this scripture says that we are not saved by work. We are saved by faith, by the grace of God through faith. So. Whether you are saved to go to heaven or not, it's not depending on what you do for God. It's by faith and the grace of God. Amen. But suffer loss of what? Of the rewards. Suffer loss the reward. Suffer loss of what? All oh, you invest your life. You may serve God. You may do a lot of things for God for 40 years. You spend millions of dollars. You give. You do a lot of stuff. But on that day. I hope that you don't suffer loss, that you have no rewards in heaven, because you don't build the right way. How do you know that the things that you build will not be burned by the fire at the judgment seat? Look at Galatians chapter six, verses seven to ten. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. For he who sows to his flesh. Will of the flesh reap corruption, but he who sows to the spirit will of the spirit reap everlasting life. John chapter six verse sixty-three: It is the spirit who gives life, and the flesh profits nothing. Can a Christian serve God out of the flesh? Yes, Christian can serve God out of the flesh. Build my own kingdom. Build my own name. People need to know me. People need to bow down to me. I'm the number one. I build great ministry. Look at me. Want to build his own name out of the flesh, controlling people, manipulating people, serve God out of the top of their head all the time. They plan and plan and plan top over their head, so they run the ministry out of their flesh, out of their head. And the Bible say that is not the fruit that God wants us to produce. Because that fruit can be burned by fire to be smoke and will disappear. But if you serve God with the right motive, according to what the Holy Spirit tells you, and in the Spirit, in other words, you let the Holy Spirit lead you, control you, guide you, fill you, that work, that fruit will remain. And not only that, that fruit will produce life. The Bible say, I read yesterday, the fruit of the righteous is the tree of life. So when you produce the right kind of fruit, you're gonna see people begin to have life. They love God more. They are free. They are. Mature, they're growing. The kids are growing. The family getting better. No sickness, no demon in the church. Everyone getting better and better. Life coming to people's life, and not only that, they will have everlasting life. One of the most important reward in our life is to see many souls in heaven together. When we get to heaven, we see, oh, I know you. Somebody may come to you and say, oh. Are you from New Hope International Church? Yes, yes. Oh, you know, I got saved because that day I listened to the podcast and I accepted Christ. And your church put that sermon in the podcast. Thank you, thank you, thank you. That your church, you give time, and we can put the sermon in the website, and I can listen and I get saved that day. You're gonna see a lot of life up there. So safe life. Amen. But not only that. One day when we get to heaven, we will have. Rewards that never fade away. Many people pretend that they will live on earth forever. Many people think that all they do is to wake up, get ready, go to work, come back home, cook, eat, wash dishes, 
cleaning the house, mow the lawn. Next day, do the same thing, and they're going to do that forever and ever and ever and ever. Most Christians are thinking that way. It's not true. Our life on earth here is very short compared to eternity. Everyone say eternity. How long is eternity? Forever. Are you preparing yourself for retirement? How many people prepare yourself for retirement? You prepare. You save some money. Put money in the 401k. You make sure that when you get older, you have some money to spend. Okay. How many people prepare yourself for eternity? Are you preparing yourself for eternity? In one second, your spirit can leave your body because you die. And suddenly, you show up in heaven. I'm serious. And that day, when it comes to you, you cannot turn the clock back. You have lost your chance to go back to the world to make fruit, to produce fruit, and to have rewards that will stay with you for eternity. I believe that many of you who listen to this sermon today and you really listen and you put into practice, I believe when you get to heaven that day, you will thank God for this camp. Because otherwise... When you show up in heaven that day with a new body and spirit, if you die before Jesus come back to rule the world, you go up to heaven first. When you got up there and you see yourself from now on and live for eternity, whoo, but I have nothing. I have no rewards. Because my church never taught me that I need to produce fruit that made with silver and gold. Or some of you may work so hard for God, but because you never learned this lesson, on that day, the fire burn everything away and you become bare hand. You, have, you suffer loss. And you say, oh, I cannot live like this for eternity with nothing. No rewards. No crown of righteousness. Nothing. And you say, it's too late now. My pastor never taught me. Think about this. We live on earth here only a short period. And one day, we're going to be in heaven for eternity eternity. How are you going to live in heaven for eternity? Bare hand? Nothing? Oh, with a lot of rewards. How many people want to have a lot of rewards in heaven? How many people in heaven you want to shine like stars? The Bible says that we will be different in heaven. Let me read the scripture to you. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verses 40 to 42. 1 Corinthians 15, 40 to 42. And once it happened, it's done deal. No one can change this. Okay? There are also bodies in the heavens and bodies on the earth. The glory of the heavenly bodies is different from the glory of the earthly bodies. The sun has one kind of glory. Why the moon and stars each have another kind? And even the stars differ from each other in their glory. So the Apostle Paul talking about different stars. Different stars have different brightness and different level of glory. Is that right? The moon is different from the sun. And then he concludes in verse 42. It is the same way with the resurrection of the dead. What does it mean? One day, we all going to be resurrected and have a new body. I know for sure. Look at Pastor Da's life. She's going to be shining big star in heaven. I know and I know my wife will not be a dim star. She opened her home all this year. She Sacrificed a lot of things. You know, she lost her husband many times to Thailand. It's not fun to let her husband go to another place. And it's not easy to be a pastor wife. She loved God sincerely. She has done a lot of things for God, maybe behind the scene. But she's going to be 
forever. Forever. Shining stars. High glory in heaven. You have only one chance on earth here in your life before you die to determine what you will have in heaven and what kind of star and glory you will have in heaven. This lesson is important to you. If you take this seriously, you will begin to live your life in a different way, getting ready for eternity. Because when you get there, you say, Hallelujah! I did the best, and now I'm like silver and gold, shining, glistening. And my reward, the work that I did, when it went through the fire, it come out still shining and glistening with the glory of the Lord. Because I was taught well in my church to do the right thing with the Holy Spirit. Amen? That's why I believe this teaching is important to all of you. Amen? Everyone say, right heart. The Lord directs me. And I do them in the spirit. Amen. And then we will become gold and silver. Amen. I want to encourage you. You might not have been fruitful in the past years as Christian. But as long as you have time on earth here, you have hope. You're not dying yet. You're still walking around. You still have time. Some of you may have 50 years. Some of you may have another 20 years. Some of you may have another 60 years of life that God will let you live on earth here. As long as you have time, you have hope. And in this camp, the Lord wants to teach you so that you start bearing fruit and much fruit. And the fruit that will remain, the fruit that produces life, the fruit that will bring souls into the kingdom and they go to heaven with you. The fruit that will remain after it went through the fire at the judgment seat. And on that day, you're going to have a lot of rewards in heaven. On that day, you're going to be like a shining star in heaven. I pray that all the members of the churches that I look after as a pastor will become big stars in heaven. Amen? In, not in a prideful way, in a humble way. Because we teach our people well. And our people really respond to the word of God. Amen? And the Lord wants to trim, want to prune you, want to cut the bad things out that block the life and the nutrients from the vine into your life. So in these coming years and coming months, you're going to face some pruning process. You're going to face some trimming process. God's going to allow something to happen to your life to prune you and trim you so that you will be fruitful. Amen. Do you know that even the best tree in your garden cannot avoid trimming? Every tree that needs to produce fruit needs to trim some old bad branches so that it will sprout new branches and produce more fruit. Every tree needs to be pruned and needs to be trimmed, no matter how good the tree is. Everyone say, prune me, Lord. Trim me, Lord. I'm ready to produce more fruit. God gives King Solomon wisdom and he wrote the scripture. He said, vanity. King Solomon said that he bought that, he built this, he did that, he did that. But by the end of his life, he looked at all those things, he said, vanity. What does it mean, vanity? It means that whatever he invests in his life, the time, the effort, the resources, end up unprofitable for the kingdom of God. It's a waste. It's something that is not valuable in the eyes of God. It's the waste of his time and his energy to do that. I pray that one day when you go to heaven, you will not look back and say, vanity. You will say, fruit that remains. Amen? You will not say, oh, I do this in vain. I just waste my life away. And in order to do that, you need the spirit of God, the spirit of wisdom. Amen? The book of Ecclesiastes, how we avoid wasting our life, our time, our energy, resources, and money and strength away. Who are going to help us? Ecclesiastes chapter 10, verse 10. I'm going to read from New King James Version and King James Version. If the axe is dull and one does not sharpen the edge, then he must use more strength. 
Okay, God said, if you don't have something good, you're gonna have to make a lot of effort. But wisdom brings success. Everyone say, wisdom brings success. In King James version, the Bible say, if the iron be blunt, and he do not wet the edge, then must he put to be a two more strength. But wisdom is profitable to direct. Thank God he already give us the spirit of wisdom on the inside of us. Wisdom is a person. It's not a concept. Wisdom is a person. And his name is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the wisdom inside us. And he can direct us to profit, to success, to fruitfulness, to the increase. Amen? That's why the church needs to welcome the Holy Spirit. We need to train our members to walk in the Holy Spirit and with the Holy Spirit. And that's what exactly Jesus said in John chapter 15, verses 4 to 8. I read one more time. John chapter 15, verses 4 to 8. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, unless it abides in the vine, neither can you, unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me, and I in him, bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. For without me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered. And they gather them and throw them into the fire, and they are burned. If you abide in me, and my word abides in you, you will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. In this short passage, Jesus used the word abide seven times. Everyone say abide. abide. Yesterday, we learned the principle of fruitfulness, that we need to be a good steward of our precious time in life. We have limited time in life. Everyone agree? We have, no one can have 25 hours a day. Sometimes I tell Pastor Da, I hope I can have 48 hours a day. But it never happened. God hasn't performed miracle to give me 48 hours a day yet. I hope I can have 48 hours a day. We have only 24 hours a day. And we have limited days on this earth. So we learned from yesterday that we need to really treat each minute and each hour in the correct way by the leading of the Holy Spirit. But today, the second principle of how to be fruitful is abiding in the Lord. Everyone say, abiding in the Lord. What does it mean, abide? Abide means stay, remain, and continue. If I want to read verse 4 one more time, by changing the word abide to the word stay, it comes out this way. Stay in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it stays in the vine. Neither can you unless you stay in me. So the Lord say, stay in me. What does it mean? It means we must stay hooked, joyed, and connected with the Lord. Amen? Why the Lord have to warn us that we have to stay hooked, connected, and joy with the Lord. He talks seven times. He says seven times because he knows our human nature. Our human nature is impatient. If you don't see the result overnight, oh, quit. I don't want to do anymore. Bye-bye, Jesus. We are impatient. Not only that, we are selfish. We tend to think about ourselves more than the Lord. When you wake up, your stomach cries, what am I going to eat today? Can I go to the tent? They have good food. What do they cook today? You think about your stomach. You think about yourself. Is that right? Is the pillow soft enough? You think about yourself. We are selfish people. They think about ourselves. We are carnally minded by nature. Carnally. Carnally means flesh. Carnal means flesh. Our mind always focus on the flesh. On the food, on the weather, on the nice clothes, 
on the good 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 things Gucci Louis Vuitton nice car we have a tendency to be carnally minded but the Bible says clearly that carnally minded leads to death that's why he has to say seven times be spiritually minded or in other words your mind stay with the Lord think about the Lord stay with him all day long Because spiritually minded will lead to life. L-I-F-E. How many people want to have life? Should we be carnally minded or spiritually minded? We need to abide in Him. Many times I talk to Christians in America, especially ministers. Many ministers don't like to minister in America. They like to go to the third world country, Africa, Thailand, and the country that have nothing, have nothing. No TV, no iPad, no iPod, no iPhone, nothing. You know why? It's more difficult to minister in the U.S. Because the U.S. have so many channels in the TV. Because in America, there's so many options in the internet. So people are busy with TV programs, internet. Google's. What do you want? Google. Oh, I see you. Read. You spend a lot of time with all this stuff in America. So your mind stay out of God all the time. That's why it's more difficult to minister to Christians in the U.S. I just came back from northeast of Thailand. People have nothing. They're all farmers. And I just talked to one of the women pastors in central part of Thailand. She said, oh, every Sunday when we worship, the Lord came down. We laugh in the Holy Ghost. We love God. People are on fire for God. They don't even know about internet. They don't have time to play with Googles and games and computer games and TV and uh, plasma TV. They do not have those things. So they can focus on the Lord. They can think about God all day long because they don't have other distractions in their life. Amen. Sometimes we need to pull ourselves out from those things and slow down and be still and know that the Lord is God. And when we wait on Him, instead of busy, 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 watching TV, playing with internet, I noticed that some members send me a lot of YouTube. Suddenly the email come, ding, YouTube. What? What is YouTube all about? I kick a little bit to watch. Oh, I see he's watching this YouTube. And in my mind, how in the world you have all this time to investigate what is in the YouTube? I don't have time to investigate what is in the YouTube. But people have time to watch the YouTube all day long. And I wonder how much their mind stays with the Lord. Amen? We need to be balanced. I'm not saying that you should not watch YouTube. Okay, don't take me wrong. I'm not against YouTube. Abide and stay. Amen? Stay connected. Stay connected all the time. Let me explain this way. If a person come to your house and the person say, I'm ready to go home, I'm done, I talk to you, my business is done, and you say this way, by the way, could you please stay with us one more week? That's what it means. Come to your home, and you say, could you please stay with me one more week? Can you talk to the Lord like that? Can you stay with me all day long? And I want to stay with you all day long. Can you say like that to the Lord? That's what it means. I'm going to stay with you all day long. And you're going to stay with me all day long. Amen? This is what most Christians practice. They come to church on Sunday. They worship God. And the presence of God come down. For 15 minutes, oh, goosebumps. Oh, it's so good to be in the presence of God. They shake a little bit. They cry. They laugh. And they experience the presence of God for half an hour. Once they walk out of the church building, they went back into the world. They went back into the real world and become unhooked from the Lord. 
and become carnally minded. Is that most Christian doing? Yes. On Sunday, <laughs> what the model the, the the building? Mean, yell at people, talking to people, gossip in the office. They forget all about God. The whole week, Monday to Saturday, and they come back again on Sunday <laughs> for half an hour, and that's why their life. Is not fruitful because they don't stay with the Lord. Look at what the Bible says. Let me read one more scripture. I try to convince you that you need to stay with the Lord. Isaiah 26 verse 3. Isaiah 26 verse 3. You will keep him. You mean God. Will keep him. Mean a, a believer in perfect peace. Who's mine? Who's mine? The believer's mine. Is stayed on you because he trusts in you. The Bible said that God will keep you in perfect peace if your mind is stayed on God all the time. How many people want to have peace? Raise your hand up. What is the key to have peace? Your mind stayed. With God all the time. And then He will keep you in perfect peace. This is a glorious reality. You don't need to be aware of God and feel the presence of God only in the church service while you are worshiping or get laid hand on. You can continually be aware of His presence. You can continually fellowship with Him all day long, day and night, everywhere, all the time. You can be aware of Him and commune with Him and have a continuous connection with Him all the time. And if you can do that, you shall be fruitful because you stay connected to the vine. You know, sometimes when I change my clothes, don't try to imagine. When I change my clothes in the operating room, because I come in with the street clothes, so I need to change my clothes into the operating room clothes, the blue one, clean. When I change my clothes in the locker room in the hospital, I feel the presence of God. When I walk into surgery, I begin to perform surgery, I feel the presence of God. I connect all the time. I talk to God all the time. I don't need to kneel down and pray like this, like a religious person. God, please connect with me. I don't need to do that. He is connected with me all the time. Talking to the patient, performing surgery, driving on the freeway, going to the office, talking to my wife. All the time, I can feel the presence of God. I can be connected to Him all the time. And we should live that way. That is a way that every believer should live. Amen. Not Sunday Christian. Not Sunday branch. But seven days a week, 24 hours a day. Branch that connect to the vine. Amen. Connect to the Lord. Think about the Lord. Let the Word of God fill your mind 24 hours a day. Think about Him. Talk about Him. Talk about the Word. Don't go out and say, I'm sick again. Oh, poor me. If you say like that, you're not staying with the Lord. If you're staying with the Lord, I'm healthy. I'm strong. The Lord give me victory. You speak the Word of God. Amen. You speak the Word of God all the time. Because your mind stays with the Lord, you're going to speak the Word of God. You don't speak the Word of hell. Because you are connected to Him. Continually. And you know what happened? I'm going to conclude and continue tomorrow morning. If you can do that, as you stay connected all the time, you always continually aware of His presence, that He is with you. He is helping you. He is there for you all the time. Talking to Him back and forth. Communing with Him all the time. He will continually impart wisdom to you all the time. And you will know what to do. You will know what not to do. You will know what to say 
you were known what not to say. Sometimes I see a patient. I give you example. When I look at the X-ray, I know exactly this patient needs a surgery. He cannot avoid it. He needs an operation. But the Lord spoke to me because I stay connected. He say, "Don't say about surgery yet. Send the patient to physical therapy because if you say about surgery right now, this patient gonna run away from you." So I did. I obey and come back and come back and eventually God say, "This is a try time. Talk about surgery." Then I will talk about surgery. The patient say, "Yes." It's about timing. It's about wisdom. What you gonna say? What you gonna do? How? When? Where? Who? God gonna impart to you. The greater one is inside you, and He's speaking to you. Download the wisdom. Download the direction. Tell you what to do. 24 hours a day, seven days a week, all the time. If you can do that, you will not waste your days, your life, your resources, your money, your time, and everything in your life. You're gonna be fruitful, and you're gonna be the people who produce fruit like gold and silver because you are directed by the Holy Spirit. All day long, you're not doing things out of the top of your head. You understand what it means? Doing things from the top of your head means people who are carnally minded, just plan from your own intellectual function, instead of hooking up to the Holy Spirit all the time. You're gonna live your life and do things that matters to God. You're gonna live your life to do things that really make a big difference in society. Amen. You're gonna do things that. Count on earth here, not wasting your days away, not wasting your time away, doing wrong thing. If you can do this, if you can live like this, you will save yourself from lawsuit, from losing a lot of money, from a car accident, from big problem, from headache and heartache later on that you have to come back and resolve the problem for months and months because you are directed by your own mind and you don't know the future. You don't know everything. God knows everything. God knows what is right, what is wrong. God knows who is sincere to you and who is not sincere to you. He knows everything. So the best person who can guide you is the Spirit of the Lord Jesus Christ. But the reason we don't hear Him because we don't stay connected. Because we are Christian only on Sunday, and we are connected only in the worship service. We need to stay connected, 24/7. Amen. I will continue tomorrow morning about how to abide in the Lord. How many people want to hear that? Amen. Everyone say abiding in the Lord, staying connected, 24/7, stayed on the Lord, and He will keep me in perfect peace. I shall be fruitful. I will not waste my life away. I will not waste my time, my effort, my resources. I will be fruitful. I will produce more fruit. The fruit that will remain. Hallelujah! 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 Thank you, Jesus. We learn more tomorrow and tomorrow evening. Amen? Amen. Make sure you get this teaching. Listen again. I will teach in Thai too eventually. <laughs> oh, I love this lesson. It's right on. Amen. Are we gonna be this kind of people? Stay with God all the time. Connecting all the time. Listen to the Holy Spirit all the time. Amen. Are we going to be carnally minded or spiritually minded? The word spiritually minded means the person who is directed by the Holy Spirit. Carnally minded means the person who is directed by the flesh, by the stomach, by the desire, the sinful desire, the nature, the human nature. We are directed by the Spirit of God. Amen. Practice that way. Learn that way. Develop that kind of lifestyle. Every single day, you may not be perfect overnight, but if you keep developing, you're gonna become that kind of people—the people who are connected to the Lord all day long. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. 
Father, we thank you so much, Lord, for this teaching. Thank you, Father, for your mercy, for your truth and revelation. Lord, all of us take your word seriously. This is not a game, Father. This is the kingdom of God. This is important to us. Lord, train us to be people who will be a good steward of our time. Train us, Lord, to be the people who are spiritually minded, abiding in you all day long, seven days a week, 24 hours a day. Help us, Lord, not to be Sunday Christians, but believers, disciples who follow Jesus as Lord every single minute, every single day. We are not the Lord of our life, Lord. You are the Lord. We follow you. You are the King. You're the Master. You know everything. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. How many people have experienced that when you are led by the Holy Spirit, your life has improved, has been more victorious than before? Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Can I explain something quickly before we pray for people? This is a common question that lately people ask me. I just explained this in Thailand. People ask me, why in this kind of meeting only Pastor Lao lay hand, not somebody else? Have you ever heard that? Let me explain to you quickly. There are different kinds of laying on of hands in the Bible. One laying on of hand is lay hand for the sick. That every believer can lay hand on the sick. You go to the hospital, you see somebody sick. You see your friend who is sick. You can lay hand and healed in the name of the Lord, in the name of Jesus. Every believer is authorized to lay hand on the sick. Every believer is authorized to lay hand and cast out demons in your situation. There. When you face something and you want to cast out demons. There is another kind of laying on of hand is a laying on of hand to bless people. Such as parents lay hand to bless the children. Husband lay hand on the wife to bless the wife. Or the wife lay hand on the husband to bless the, the husband. The third kind of laying on of hand is a laying on of hand to ordain or to appoint a person into the ministry. Like ordain a pastor, ordain a deacon into the ministry. That is done publicly in the local church. The fourth kind of laying on of hand is a laying on of hand for prophecy. We call presbytery. Presbytery or prophecy is done in the local church under the supervision and authority of the senior pastor. That the elders come and lay hand on somebody and prophesy on that person. This is in Acts chapter 13 that Paul and Barnabas will lay hand by the elders of the church and God prophesies that you're going to become apostle traveling to other land. That is presbytery. Lay hand in public with people touch the word of prophecy under the authority of the church. Not doing in your own bedroom between two persons. Not doing outside somewhere that no one can touch your prophecy. The prophecy like that need to be judged. Somebody can say, you are wrong. This is not the right prophecy. But the laying on of hand in the meeting like this is like the upper room. This is revival service. Revival service is the battle. This is a war. That the file of God come in and perform surgery. In this kind of meeting, definitely demons don't like it. So they will try to sneak in to destroy the meeting. Because that anything spiritual can be dark and light. We don't want darkness here. Because this kind of meeting is public meeting. What do I mean public meeting? It means you don't know everybody in this room. Somebody may be a guest and if you don't want a guest to lay hand on you, if I set the stage 
set the tone that anyone can lay hand on anyone without drawing the line. Then somebody in the back can put the hand and lay on your daughter. How do we know that that person did not just go to gamble last night or go to prostitute last night? How do we know that Satan is not sending his servant in here? Satanic people come in and sit in the meeting and lay hand on the people. Statistically and historically, most revival services in the world broke down into pieces because they allow public laying on of hand to one another. The people just lay hand on each other in a meeting, and what happened? Some demon gonna come in to impart demon into somebody because not everyone can protect themselves. They are not mature enough to learn. So, in order to prevent any possible demonic intervention or somebody that you don't know their life to lay hand on you, I just went to Thailand, and it's amazing. I lay hand on a group of people. And I know what church they come from because I see they have name tag. They all have name tag. All of them, outside look good. They all look like a normal people, dressed well. Everything look good. All of them look like a good Christian. But they all full of demons. I let all of them have hundreds of demons come out of them. All of them shaking and and doing weird stuff on the floor. And they all members of the local church in Thailand. Can you imagine if these people lay hand on you? What's going to happen? This kind of ministry, I and Pastor Da have to repent a lot. We need to live a holy life. This is not a game. This is a battle. I cannot keep any grudges in my heart. I cannot play game with God. I need to repent and live a holy life because I don't want to impart wrong things into you. I want to make sure that the water in the house here is. Pure water and pure fire, not fakey fire, not false fire, because we want you to get the right fire from heaven. Amen. This is serious. I take this very seriously. Amen. I don't play game with this at all. This is holy. This is a serious issue. When you deal with the fire of God, if you are not careful, you can drop dead. What happened in the in the book of Acts? People play game with the fire; they drop dead. Aaron's children, son, play with the fire in the tabernacle; they drop dead. They died. God punished them. This is serious. So, pastor who want to move in the fire must really repent and live a holy life. Otherwise, God gonna take you away, get you out, because it will hurt the body. Hurt the the members, amen. Do you understand now why we do this? Because we love you. We want to protect you. Not that I don't trust. I, okay, let me be clear. I, it doesn't mean that I don't trust Pastor Caesar to lay hand on you. I trust him. But if I set the tone that a lot of people lay hand at the same time, believe me, somebody sit in the back there who is our f- strange guest come in, and they say, oh hey, they lay hand on each other. A lot of people lay hand. I'm gonna lay hand too, because you set the tone that way in the whole meeting that anybody can lay hand on anybody. That's why we just say no, unless I call somebody to lay hand, that person do it. In this way, no one dare to put out the hand out to lay hand on somebody else. Just no. This is a rule in this meeting. That's it. Are you glad that we are protected? Are you glad? Amen. Thank you, Jesus. One time, I read this article from Derek Prince. Derek Prince wrote the article about laying on of hand. In the article, he said that this meeting have a public laying on of hand. People lay hand on each other around, and one lady was lay hand by another woman, and we don't even know that woman is a Christian or not. But that woman who lay hand on the person next to her, that woman has rheumatoid arthritis. Joy disease. Within a day, that lady who get lay hand on have joy disease. It jump into her. I have a pastor friend. This is a true story. Okay, this is a true story. A pastor friend named Laura. She went to visit a church, and the pastor of that church was committing sin. 
And while she was eating, the pastor come and lay hand on her back, without asking her permission. Just pray for her. After that day, she got explosion headache for days and days until she, suddenly the Holy Spirit told her, "You know, you got the lay hand on that day. You got it. You need to cast this out right now." That pastor was not living a holy life and impart some wrong spirit into her, and she didn't even know. You see, this is serious. <laughs> Very serious. This meeting, the revival meeting, is about holiness. It's about the Lord. Amen. Not anybody come and show off and I'm gonna lay hands on people. Who care? No, no, no. We need to respect the anointing, the presence of God in the meeting. Amen. You understand now? Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. How many people are hungry tonight? Amen. How many people want to be changed? Come out with. The heart desire. I want to change tonight. I don't want to be the same. You can burn me. You can touch me. You can do whatever. You can prune. You can trim. You can take out all the jungle of my life, so that I can be fruitful. So that I can become more like Christ. In Jesus' name, come with the hunger. Yield. If God touch you and He want make you laugh, go ahead and laugh. Don't hold back. If God made you want to cry, cry. If God want to make you cough, cough them out. That is demon. Come out of you. Get rid of them. Amen. Maybe tomorrow morning we should do a deliverance service. Tomorrow, maybe more, tomorrow morning you know, we cast out demons. How about that? Tomorrow morning we're gonna do casting out demon tomorrow morning. Morning service. Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> People look at me. What? Are you gonna cast out demon from me? Do I have demons? Who knows? Only God knows. We trust that this message is ministered to you. If you would like more information about New Hope International Church or other teaching CDs, please contact us at 206-275-1042. You may also visit our website online at www.newhopeinternationalchurch.com. To them all gathered in your name. Live to you this new